What's poppin' poppy? What's poppin' poppy? DJ Eclipse right here. DJ, manager, all around, hip-hop connoisseur, uh, father, of course, husband, um, just uh, anything hip-hop music-related, that's where you find me. No doubt. So thanks for having me. Um, thanks for letting us come to your home. You know, I'm here today with my son. It's, uh, you know, the kids are getting a play, so you hear some of that in the background, exactly. obviously. Um, typically, what I like to start off, which is the basics, like what, what are the golden rules, what are the the basic things that any good dad needs to do, you know, in order to try to, to raise the sure. best child possible. Um, well, I, ha I have two kids. I have a, uh, a six-year-old and a two-year-old. And, um, you know, when, I, when we had the first Max, we didn't know if we wanted another one at that moment. We were like, you know, we were kind of happy with the one, but then we decided that, you know, we wanted to ha have him have a sibling. So we went for number two. And um, I'll tell you, number number two is definitely a handful. You know, it's like it's a big difference between having one kid and having two kids. I was I was able to balance everything I needed to do with just Max. I take him everywhere with me, and you know everything was pretty easy. But uh, with the second kid, with Mateo, um, you know he's opposite of Max. Max is you know uh, calm, you know quiet. Mateo is loud, aggressive, and so. You have that personality. In addition, it's just the amount of time it takes to, to deal with two kids, you know, because you have different schedules. You know, one is doing something now, and then when he finishes, the other one starts doing something else. So it's like your day goes from being able to do what you need to do to now having to do what they need to do. And then you try to find time to do what you need to do after they go to bed, basically. Right. Um, you know, so as far as... It's, you know, coming up with a schedule that works for you, you know, being able to to um, uh, not lose your mind, you know, and, and working, uh, balancing things out, you know, with, with your with your wife, with your significant other. Um, in, in my case, you know, my wife does the nine to five. So, you know, she's gone all day and um, I'm with the kids. And so, I'm the, you know, I got to drop them off, pick them up from school take them to Jamboree, take them to hockey practice, baseball practice, you know, all the different activities. And so you just got to basically kind of get into a routine of when you have time to do things and you got to like schedule it like a calendar. And like, okay, like this is when we're going to do this, 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 and this. This is when I can do this. You know, certain things, I try to take them and involve them in things that I do so that, you know, I want them to like be part of my extended family, you know, of like hip hop community, you know, so events, you know, daytime things, park events, studio sessions, like I'll bring them through. Um, you know, I, I just I, I want them to, to, to mingle and to meet my other friends, my other friends' kids. Um, you know, so it's about it's about community and about um, not just looking after your own kids, but looking after other people's kids. You know, and that's something that um, when I was a kid, you know, that was kind of like what was around us. You know, saying so, you know, it was like you know we we hang out, we do whatever. You know, but there was other parents that would keep us in check, you know, so it's like, you know, we didn't just get away with anything. And I think nowadays, for the most part, everyone kind of just does their own thing. And it's like, you know, you go to the park up the street and, you know, parents or grandparents that are there with their kids, they're just doing their own they're thing. And they just kind of like, you know, even if they're paying attention to their kid, that's all they're kind of doing. And like, you know, to me, it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't enjoy that. I don't, you know, it's like for me, I want to... I take my kids to the park 
and we play hard, you know what I'm saying? Like we do everything. And so other kids see that and other kids come up and like, hey, can we play with you? Yeah. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Come on, next thing you know, it's like there's like half a dozen kids. You're the biggest kids. kid in the park. Uh, totally, <laughs> totally. There's a half a dozen kids, you know, all with us and we're all just playing all kinds of different games, stuff like that. And just more people start coming in. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, and I don't treat them any different than I treat my own kids. It's like, I expect them to, you know, adhere to the same rules and regulations that my kids do. It's like, you know, so, that to me is important to be part of a, a, a be part of and and lead by example of showing how you know it should be it's like you know we can't all just be behind closed doors and not look out for each other you know what i'm saying it's like we need to you know extend the hand and if you see something that another kid's doing you know what i'm saying it's like that's not right help them out let them know you know it's like you know, so, so, so for me, it's, it's it's very much it's very important to, to be involved in my kids' lives outside of the house and just like you know at school. I help out at Max's school whenever I'm able to. I go there during lunchtime. I help out in the cafeteria. Um, any anytime I can help out, I, I do over there. And, and like from from being at the school, from being at the park playing, you know, like most of the kids there know me. You know what I'm saying? So I walk in. It's like Max is dad. Max is dad. So. <laughs> You know, and I know the teachers pay attention to that, and it's like, and they see, and, and you know, other parents do as well. Like, wow, all the kids love you. It's like, yeah, because I'm loving them back. And you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're, yeah, I'm engaging with all of them. I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, ignoring them. I'm not like scared to like ask them what's going on or like if they're crying, like you know, console them. It's like, you know, it's like treat treat all of them like a parent. You know, mm -hmm. so um, that's that's how I want people to treat my kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, if they're doing something wrong, let them know. Like, you know, if they're um, in trouble, you know, if they're, if they're about to get hurt, help them out, you know what I'm saying? Don't let them just kind of do their own thing. Sure. So, you know, that, that's, that's very important to me is that, um, you know, the kids and the community act as one. Right. That's dope. I mean, you covered a lot of questions that I had for you, Stop but, going. <laughs> um, you're professional at this, you know? Um, so you're from Rhode Island originally? Yeah, originally from Providence, yeah. So, Differences, parallels, and raising children in, in New York City, Queens, versus you growing up, you know, back in Providence. Similarities, differences. Well, when I, when I left Providence, I was 15. Um, so, you know, I was still, you know, a kid myself when I left. Um, you know, but Providence isn't isn't too far off from New York. I mean, obviously, New York's the mecca of anywhere. It's like you're not going to get any city that's like, ne uh, like New York in, in the U.S., but Providence is a city, you know what I'm saying? There's a downtown scene, there's, there's you know, there's activity going on, there's nightlife, there, there's things to do, um, even more so now than maybe, you know, back in the 80s. Um, so, you know, mix of people, same thing. It's like, you know, when I went to high school, is every ethnicity you could imagine, which is how New York is. Um, the biggest difference, I would say, is not even comparing Rhode Island to New York, but I, I actually moved from Rhode Island down to South Carolina before I came to New York. That's where that's I. That's where you link with search. That's why I met, met search. Yeah, okay. you know, in South Carolina, you know, coming from a school where, um, you know, being a white kid in hip hop, even though it was maybe still unique, it wasn't looked at as like that weird. It was just like it wasn't as many white kids into it. You know, mm -hmm. back in like you know early '80s. So moving down to South Carolina. I'm going down there, you know, my name belt buckle hanging down my leg and, you know, Puma suits on, whatever, and they're all looking at me like, hey, can I use the bathroom? Of course you can use the bathroom. Thank you. Right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Keep going there and make a left. Mateo, give him space. You, buddy. <laughs> Mateo, give him space. Get some privacy, Vinny. Hi, Vinny. <laughs>
Mateo, go wait in your room. No. Yes, please. Probably no. way outside the door. All right, we'll just sit there and wait for him to come out. <laughs> so moving out to South Carolina, like, you know, I had the name belt buckle hanging down. I had the Puma suits on. And, like, everyone's looking at me like, yo, who is this kid? Like, you know, and, and especially for South Carolina, because in South Carolina, it wasn't mixed. It's black and it's white. Right. In the 80s, black and white. No Spanish, no Asian, you know. It was just that. And so I found I kind of like had pick sides almost, you know what I'm saying, in terms of who I who I uh, could click with, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it was the black community that I related to, you know what I'm saying? They were the ones that were into the music I was into. They were the ones that were just, you know, my classroom, the school I went to was like 98% black. So it was yeah. like that was my environment. And so the white kids that I, I did meet and know were cool, but they just weren't into the same things I was in. You know, yeah, it wasn't relatable to yeah. me. So, you know, it, it it was that was an eye opener for me in terms of really paying attention to race. You know, because honestly, prior to that, we didn't look at color as much or anything because everyone was just everyone was mixed. Everybody you know, was part of the culture. Yeah, too. It, it, yeah, exactly. So, it wasn't it, it wasn't until I went down south that I was like, okay, like this is different mm -hmm. and like and 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 really paying attention to things. And also paying attention to like the older generation of white people in South Carolina that were like you know racist and just like and noticing you know how you know I mean South Carolina had the the um, Confederate flag on top of you know the state house. Wow. Yeah, so it's yeah. like you know there's 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 things that like that that like were just you could see the, the mm -hmm. you know the racism you know from back in the day that was still kind of lingering. So. Um, I, I, I stayed there until I was old enough, you know, to kind of like get out and, um, you know, made my name down there to where I met Search, which actually allowed me uh, an outlet to come to New York. And as soon as I was able to get out, I got out and I was like, I got to get back up with, you know, I mean, I, I made, we had a click down there, you know, like you find your like-minded friends, you form your groups and you work on music and we did all that, you know, but we had to, you know, I had to come back up north right, just up north. To, to be in the mix of where music was, because, you know, where else are you going to go outside of New York for music, you know? Yeah. So can we talk a little bit about um, the music, right? The, the current state of the music is a lot different from the way that we were raised um, mm -hmm. in terms of the, the content, I would sure. say. Um, I would think the voice of hip hop right. um, has become quite different mm -hmm. and raising children in our culture, you know, because right. I still feel akin to my older kids even that listen to the music and, you know, we maybe like the same kicks and right. we sport the right. same stuff for the sure. most part. But it's from a different perspective. Right? Sure. And so, how are you teaching your kids, you know, the history and kind of the, the roots of the culture and kind of what is your feeling as a parent, you know, with an outsider's perspective and an inside mm -hmm. track to some of the stuff? Can you speak about hip-hop and parenting? I'm not, I'm not really 100% there yet because they're still young you know so it's like music isn't even a big part of their lives yet you know it's like my first son Max I actually wasn't even into you know he, he didn't like music he didn't like he, he would cry when people sang happy birthday either to him or even if he was at someone else's happy birthday party he just didn't wasn't into music wasn't into that kind of thing he's, he's really shy um, so he appreciates stuff more now and it's funny because he i'm finding out that max is, is into songs now that he finds from watching movies you know mm. so like all his kids movies will be somewhere and he'll hear a song he's like oh that's from despicable three you know right. despicable me three and like and, and he'll start naming them and i'm surprised because 
I never even heard him talk about these songs. He never sings songs, nothing. But that being said, when I do bring him out to events and I, you know, I introduce him to people, I also give him the backstory, you know. So when he's meeting OGs and, you know, Grandmaster Kaz and Grandmaster Theodore and, and, you know, people like that and Red Alert, you know, I'm letting him know who they are and what part they played in all this. So he does pick up the knowledge and so he will spit it back at me if we, we look at pictures or something like that. And he's like, oh, you know, that's so-and-so and something, or he's the one that, you know, started scratching, you know, mm -hmm. like, yeah, 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 you know, so, um, he, he picks up on that, so, but he's not, he's not listening to music as a, as a, you know, a, a way to relax, and, you know, he's into video games and everything else, so, it, as he gets older, is when I'm really gonna have to, you know, have those conversations with him, and pay attention to, like, what music he finds on his own, what music is he really listening to mm -hmm. on his own time, and you know if he's gonna get into any of the new stuff that they play on the radio yeah. you know, as opposed to stuff we came up with. And obviously when that time happens, I'm, I'm gonna be there to have that conversation with him and be like, well look, like this is, I mean, he doesn't hear me playing any of that type stuff. You right. know? So it's like he's not hearing that now, he's only hearing either classic stuff or the new stuff that I play, which is the good mm -hmm. stuff. So. You know, the stuff he's kind of being exposed to, even indirectly, is good music. So when the time comes for him to kind of like start listening on his own, we'll see what he chooses. And again, like, you know, I, I'll, I'll be there to point out to him the differences and let him know, like, you know, what's, what's what. what. But, you know, yeah. I'm not going to stop I'm not gonna stop him from listening to something if that's what he's into. You yeah. know, but just as long as he knows the differences and, and the importance of, of it. So you mentioned the games, um, yes. the eye devices, as we mm -hmm. call them. Yeah. How are you managing them? How are you monitoring them and controlling them? With the uh, with the games, um, it's hard, you know, because I believe I mean Max probably plays way more than he should, you know, because I'm trying to juggle other things as well. So in, in essence, it does become a, a babysitter, mm -hmm. you know. But um, we do we do try to limit, you know, how much he's on there. Um, I, we we try to keep him away for the most part from like you know the violent games, not doing like you know really like. He's not doing like, you know, Halo and like stuff <laughs> no like that. Call of Duty, games. you know what I'm saying? He's not doing that stuff. You know, but like he's playing the kids' games and you know, he's into like the uh you know, Minecraft and like yep. you know, all the all the stuff that all the kids are into. So, you know, I mean I am also I'm not like I know other parents that like won't let their kids play with any kind of a shooting type of a game and it's like I'm not to that extent as long as it's you know, you know, a kid environment, not like, you know, not like pulling out gats and like this blood splattering, but right. like, you know, there's any kind of these, these activity games, there's some kind of shooting, even mm -hmm. if it's like, you know, you're like at a carnival and you're like shooting ducks going right. by on a thing. It's like, it's still the act of shooting. You're still, they still reference it as a gun, you know what I'm saying? So, right. you know, but you have to let them know the differences between what's real, what's not, and like, and why that's okay and that's not, you know? Yeah, so you mentioned that the that your two sons are different. Mm -hmm. You know, they got two very different personalities. Sure. So how do you balance the discipline and style? And, and what is your style in terms of like disciplining the kids? And I yell so a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm very. Uh, I don't know if I'd say I'm strict because I I do give them their space. I let them make their mistakes. Um, but when it comes time to pay attention, is when I expect their audience. You know, and so. Um, if I tell him something once and I tell him twice, by the time I get to time number three, the voice gets raised to a decibel that they all stop what they're doing and immediately do what I need them to do. So, you know, that's, that's my way of, of handling it. You know, it's like, I mean, you know, I don't, um, 
I don't, I'm not against hitting them. They've probably both been smacked on the ass, maybe, you know, less than a dozen times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I'm not, I'm not, not into like, you know, corporal punishment. I'm not beating them or anything <laughs> like that stuff. But, you know, if, if, if after three, four or five times of me speaking to them and I'm not getting what I need to do, then, and, and not, not only not getting what I need them to do, but if I'm getting feedback from them, like, you know, the little, the little one, Mateo will, will tell me no. And stand up and look at me with the evil eyes, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, and I'll start. Wa- Most time, I just have to start walking towards him, and he'll go do what needs to be done. <laughs> but if need, if I need to do it, I'll smack him in the ass. You know right. what I'm saying? That's that's what's gonna happen. And, and you know, it's like half time they don't even cry because it's not hard. It's not mm-hmm. half time they do just because of the fact that I had to hit them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm never hitting them hard enough to to hurt them. It's just yeah, more of a wake up. It's an emotional thing sometimes. It, it too, is, right? you know. But it's like you know, it's. it's you know, I'm very stern when it comes to that. I, I demand respect and um, I don't want to say obedience, you know, you know, an animal, but like I expect you to follow the right rules, you know what I'm saying, of like what's going to make you a better person, you know what I'm saying, when you get older, you know, it's yeah. like there's a certain way to, to, to you know, to listen and, and, you know, I see the difference between him and other kids, you know, that he hangs out with and I see their parents tell me, well, wow, your kids are, you know, so well-mannered. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just like, I think that that helps, you know, in, yeah. in, in doing so. It's like just being um, on them when it comes to things they need to be on, you know, be on about. So so on a totally different level, mm-hmm. so you're home with the kids, you're yeah. on a date. What's DJ Eclipse whipping up on the stove? What, what's your go-to? I'm go not to? up anything. <laughs> I'm reheating whatever my wife put. Um, my, my, my cooking consists of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, French toast and eggs, uh, maybe, all right, well, there you go. You got French toast. I got French toast breakfast yeah. and maybe grilled, grilled cheese and soup. That's about the extent of it. But all the heavy cooking my wife does, you know, she'll, you know, she'll uh, cook when she comes home or on the weekends, and then she'll put stuff, you know, in the fridge that we use for the kids, you know, throughout the week, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And then of course, obviously, we go out, you know, to eat once in a while. So, so we hop in the car with with Ian the fam. Mm-hmm. What's playing? What are we hearing? What's on the playlist? Usually old school. Nine times out of ten, it's gonna be some old school mix. You know, um, you know, there's, there's no, I can't even tell you that it would be an album because I don't listen to albums all the way through. In this day and age, I I listen to mixes that you know either I've done or other, I'll listen to other DJs mixes. But I'm always into variety, so now I'm always into like a variety of music, and I'm also listening for like the skills of like how people put stuff together. Mm-hmm. So whenever we're in the car, it's always a mix, a mixtape, sort of, so to speak. So I'll, you know, it could be an old radio show of mine, or it could be someone else's stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm always just listening to a mix of stuff, and it's most nine times out of ten, it's going to be old school hip hop, or you know, I'll let my wife have control sometimes, and if that's the case, it's going to be a reggae mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are usually what we're constantly listening to, and, and that's funny because, like, you know, even though my my son Max isn't, you know, into music as much, when you ask him what he likes, he's gonna say hip hop and reggae, right. just based on what we like. So, no doubt. You know, so he he knows what. what, what I find they also know what they don't like. So if I put on a jam in the car, right, and he's not feeling it, right. I get this the immediate like, oh come on, <laughs> what is that? Yeah. I get a little eclectic sometimes. I can't help it. Right. Um. So a question I like to ask about um, is, is relationships with your own father mm-hmm. and how that impacts how you parent your own children, right? Um, me personally, like never really had a strong relationship with my dad coming mm-hmm. up. Single mom situation, kind of typical, you know, American storyline. Right. So like that is 
part of what drives me in terms of kind of trying to be better and, sure. and being present. Right. Um, so I like to hear other people's perspectives on that. Um, right. If you would. I mean, you know, mine's probably a shadow of yours where uh, um, my dad passed away when I was five. So I have no recollection of him at all. Mm -hmm. No memories, no nothing. So um, grew up with, you know, mainly just my mom, but she remarried twice. So both my younger brothers are from her two other marriages. Mm -hmm. So their fathers definitely played a role in, in, in upbringing me for the years that they were m married with my mom. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, you know, they both them were great. You know, the, the, my youngest brother, his father, who was there as I was at the oldest during the time at home, um, played a bigger part of you know being more involved and in, and in, 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 in coaching not coaching but um, rooting for me as I was you know in getting into music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you know they definitely helped out. But I think I've always had an independent kind of mind state, and so I always just kind of did my own thing. And it's I, I don't know it was like instilled in me that like what was right and what was wrong. You know I guess that comes from my mom. You know what I'm saying definitely picked up on that. I'm like a cleaning freak. Definitely got that from my mom, you know. So, so it's like a lot of those things come from my mom. The the, the male figure, even though they those two guys were there, you know, they were great, but they also kept their space, you know, because I wasn't their child, and right. they, you know, so it's like, um, so I didn't never had as much as what I have now with my kids. So where did I get it from? I really don't know. Like, like I said, it's just something where, you know, you kind of know what you want to do. You kind of, maybe, maybe it's psychological where it's like, it's things that I never really had. And so maybe that's why I'm doing with them. But I think it's just natural kind of like when you yeah. have, things are natural when you have kids, generally speaking. Before you have kids, you're a mess. You're like, <laughs> we have to plan Okay, I made a, a I made like a uh, not a calendar, but um I made a checklist of like things I was like learning of like what I needed to do to prepare for my kid. Wow. And so I'm like going over this stuff and like okay, you know we need to swaddle. Here's the five S's. You know we need to do this. We need to do that. And so once the kid comes, nine times out of ten, it's like this stuff just comes natural. Yeah. You just kind of like you, you you go with it and you, and then like and. And that's how it is. And so it's almost the same thing kind of a fatherhood, I think, for me anyway. It's like, you know, it's just, it, it feels like the natural path of like what you're supposed to do. You know, you take them to the park, you play with them, you, you, you play with them and their friends. You make, you know, it known that like, you know, you're a loving father to your child. You um, you encourage them to do sports. You know, you, you don't force anything on them. You let them try what they like. You find what they like. You, you, you encourage them to keep doing that. And so... You know, you give them the rules and regulations. You make sure they're following the right path. You know, you feed them. You make sure they're not eating junk, you know. So it's just stuff that I think just kind of comes natural or should come natural. I mean, a lot of it's just common sense stuff that, like, you know, you protect them and you nurture them. And then, you know, you just you want them to be the best. You want them to be better than you. You, know, right. you want them to have a better life, a better better opportunities than what you had. You know, people always joke at me, like, oh, did you teach your son how to be a DJ yet? I'm like, Psh. I'm keeping him away from music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want him to be anything. I'm a struggling artist. Struggling artist. Like, no, nah, let him do something. Let him be an athlete. Let him, you know, find something, you know, he wants to do when he gets older. That's like, you know, medicine, law, something that's like, let him get a career or something, you know, that, uh, that he's actually going to be able to make some money on and not, you know, being a situation like me where it's like, you know, 
we have good months and bad months, you know, musically speaking. It's like, you know, it's not, uh, nothing's ever guaranteed in music. So yeah. it's like, it's a constant you know, hustle. It's a, it's a constant hustle. So right. it's like, you know, I mean, it's luckily because of my, me and my wife as a unit, you know, she has nine to five. So she has the bulk of the income. And then my income is secondary, which is great because a lot of families don't even have the two incomes. It's like, it's yeah. like one is at home, you know, with the kids and all that stuff. So I'm actually able to be at home with the kids and get the second income. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, I want I want more for him. You know, I want I want him to be to have more options. If he chooses that, he chooses that. You know right. what I'm saying? But like, let him have the options. To let do him more. come to his own call. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So that was great. Um. Other questions? Let me let me go through because sure. I had a few other ones. So we talked about your playlist. Um. What are your biggest challenges? I guess. You know, uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot. It sounds like the scheduling is super scheduling. Important. It's all scheduling. The biggest challenge with, with having, like I said, sp specifically two kids or more is the challenge of finding time, you know, to do everything that needs to get done, you know, because you can't put yourself ahead of them, you know. So in my mornings, I'm pretty much free with Mateo, who's, you know, he's two. So he doesn't, he's not needy so much. You know, he plays games, he watches TV, you know, we read books, we, you know, I do stuff with him and, and then he takes a nap. But once Max is out of school from like two o'clock until bedtime, it's a wrap. I'm, I'm pretty much out of, I can't do anything I want to do until that because oh, I'm, I'm picking them up, I'm feeding them, yep. I'm playing with them, I'm doing homework with Max, I'm making sure he now has to get ready for um, whatever activity it's going to be, whether it's hockey or baseball, we go do that. So then we come home and then my wife gets home, we eat dinner, we don't wrap up with the kids, baths, getting ready for bed. And so after like 8.30, 9 o'clock is when it's DJ Eclipse time again. And so from 9 o'clock until however long I can stay up, I'm doing emails, looking over paperwork, you know, working on edits, music, you know, stuff like that. So that's the biggest challenge is really so trying to find time in the day to do everything. Fatherhood's your number one gig. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it is, it's, you know. So, you know, us both having sons mm -hmm. um, and seeing kind of the things that are happening with men out in the media and the way mm -hmm. that they're behaving themselves, etc. Are there lessons or things that you're instilling in your boys to make sure that they turn out to be, you know, good, positive men? Well, I think that's, that stems from the household. Like, you know what I'm saying? Again, it's like, um, off the top, I can't think of any... Any, any example of something that maybe we saw on the news or on TV that was either good or bad that where I had to point out to my son or anything, I think, again, it's all about being in the household. And I think that's a bigger point and lesson, you know, when you speak about musicians and you speak about athletes, you know. I think, personally, I carry myself as a stand-up person, you know what I'm saying? Not only in my family, but in the in the music business, in life in general. It's like, I want, I want my family to be proud of me. I want hip-hop community be proud of me i want people to be proud of what i do i want to lead uh by that example that being said i don't think it's my job to have to be a certain way in the public's eye i think that's naturally what comes from me you should you know everyone should do who they are be who they are and and meaning we can't look for athletes to raise our kids we can't look for musicians to raise our kids you know what i'm saying it's like it's our job to raise our kids mm -hmm. and nwa let's say from our era you know what i'm saying it's like we were old enough to understand their music and their point and their message you know what i'm saying would i want my my six-year-old listening to nwa right now no i would not 
when he gets old enough and he'll hear it and, and, and we'll have that conversation about it. But I'm not looking for NWA to raise my son. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, it's my job to raise my son and teach him about the music and about, you know, the differences and why it's so negative and why it's so vulgar and why this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, you know, athletes or, you know, with ball players and, and other artists. It's like, you know, we can't fault them for how they are and then use that as an, as an excuse of like, well, they're not good role models. Well, they're not, you know, they're not right, supposed they to be, be raising. Right. Not, exactly. Right. It's like, you know, we would, it would be great if they were all like a Michael Jordan in the public eye where mm -hmm. it's like, you hold yourself, you know, you're quiet behind the scenes. You know, it's like, like when Obama was president, everyone was just like, you know, for, for better or worse of what was done or not done during his presidency, he held himself as a certain class level. As a, exactly, right. as a, compared to what we have now, <laughs> where it's like a running joke, and it's just like you can't yeah. believe half the things he, he does and how he presents himself. For me, it's all about the presentation and how you carry yourself, carry yourself with dignity. And that's right. how I want them, my ch children, to be. It's like you know, when you're around other people, you say please, you say thank you, you say you're welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm I'm actually now hearing my two-year-old say those things. You know, which is great. You yeah. know, so. You know, sometimes he'll say it on his own, or sometimes I'll just be like, what do you say? And he'll answer with the right words. So, yes. you know, just, that's just the things, you know, and I think a lot of that too, not only comes from my mom, but from being down south. That's the plus about being down south, is that up here in, in, in the north, we don't speak to each other. We don't, to strangers, right. walk by each other. We don't acknowledge it's anything. Guarded. Exactly. It's guarded, you know, in that sense. Down south, everyone speaks to each other. You walk by someone, they say hi, they look at you, they smile. And I think from Northerners, when we all first went down, that was a shock to all of us. So all of that and the please and the thank yous and your welcomes, I think a lot of that comes from being down south and, and you know getting that positive aspect of being down there, the politeness and stuff like that. So that I think that mixed with the guardedness and of, of being in a New Yorker and and um, just being aware. I always tell my son, be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Be aware of, your, of everything around you. Look around the room, look around where you're at, and pay attention to everything around you. Vinny! <laughs> Take it easy in there, guys. That's too much screaming, bud. I know, but it's too loud. It's loud. <laughs> you're, you're the one who was being loud. Um, you know, so I just tell him, and then with my youngest son, Mateo, it's always look forward, you know, because he constantly walks looking back at me. Got a lot, a lot of times I let him lead, and I'm like, don't look at me, look in front of you, pay attention to where you're going, look at your direction, pay, you know, like you're gonna walk into something. Mm -hmm. So it's just about those are just, you know, they're, they're stupid things when you think about it, but they're things that you have to instill in your children, you know, whether it's at a young age to pay attention to go forward and look, make sure you don't run in, in, into anything. And then when they're older, to pay attention to their whole surroundings so that they're not being taken advantage of in any ways. type of way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, it's just all that stuff. So, you know, it's a it's a, a combination of what I learned down south and what I learned from up north and like right. and giving that to them. Um, so, so, yeah. so I guess the last one, um, which is kind of a recurring question, is um, as parents, you know, um, our kids are going to inherit the world. Mm -hmm. The people that lead the world currently right. are the ones that are going to leaving in whatever shape sure. is going to be in for them to inherit. So typically the question is like, as a parent, what would you ask, you know, the world's leadership or the world or people in the planet to kind of do in order to help to remediate some of what's going on, <laughs> you know? So what would your fatherly advice to the world be, let's say? 
I mean, in the simplest form, is do the right thing. You know what I'm saying? It's like you would think that, like, that would be the easy thing to do for most people, but it, it, it really isn't. And so, you know, it's like a lot of times, you know, especially for us here in New York, it's like we see a lot of stuff in the news, and for us it's always about the police and about, like, you know, shootings and about, like, are they, were they legit shootings? Were they not legit shootings, you know? And, and it's more about just people having a better understanding of everyone, you know? And I think that that's, um, goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation about as a parent, I want to, when I'm around other kids, I'm treating them equal to my own children. And I don't think that we have that same respect in the world from one another, you know what I'm saying? From, from the police to the community, from, you know, it's like everyone's looking out kind of for themselves and everyone's, or everyone's not giving the same uh, respect to someone else that they would want themselves. And so I think that that's, uh, that's something that, you know, I definitely teach my children, you know, is, is you treat someone like you want to be treated, you know what I'm saying? You want so, to others, exactly. the golden rule. Of course, most definitely, you know, so, so that's something that, um, you know, the world could definitely take a lesson from, you know, it's like, and, you know, we are getting more and more into a position where, you know, with video cameras and phones around, more stuff's being captured. So we're, we're now able to analyze all of these situations where there's been issues. Mm -hmm. And hopefully one day we get to a point where it gets better, where it's forced to get better because we're now seeing the whole picture as opposed to like, taking someone's word for it maybe back in the day and not right. really knowing the whole story so we're hearing we're seeing more of the whole story nowadays and so now that we're getting the whole story it's like it's like taking a, a case to, to to court and having all of the evidence and so now it's like we actually have all the evidence and so now i think you know we're going to get more we should be getting more results that are favorable to what actually happened and getting a decision based on like what was right and wrong Unfortunately, the in using the cops as an example, I think is still like that blue shield which protects them in that case. But I'm just pointing them out as one example. But as things get more and more out in the open, I think hopefully we're gonna get to a point where things are gonna be forced to be better just because people aren't gonna let it happen anymore. Just like going on with the school shootings and how the kids from the schools now are like are actually standing up more and yeah, saying it seems more. Seems like the. Um the information age and like you're talking about like the transparency sure is like a blessing and a curse right right so you know on the one hand it, we're seeing right the 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 criminal act being done and right. catching people red-handed right but on the other end is like and then we're letting them walk away right from exactly so, that's 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 the the, the downside and that's what, that's what I'm saying I'm hoping that like as the transparency gets more and more that it's going to they're going to be forced to take more action because it's going to get to a boiling point mm -hmm. where you know like like these kids are you know protesting now it's gonna get more and more you know it's like you know what was it, a couple years ago when it was the um the two cops uh, i think it was in brooklyn that that, that were killed mm -hmm. sitting in the car yeah and um unfortunate that that that, that happened you know there's no way they, they should have been in that position that should have they should have been shot you know killed mm -hmm. for for being policemen that, that's 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 obviously not right but what people are understanding is that it was a result of the frustration of you know mainly the black community being 
shot and killed feeling unjustly in a lot of these circumstances that led to people being like every time it happens there's no um, justice you know for for the people the victims the victims families in the cases where we see it's clearly didn't need to be the person didn't need to be killed right that's something else is that like why does it always have to be a, a force of death to, to stop something why can't it be shoot someone in the kneecaps shoot someone in the arm what about it's, the taser a ta yeah, you, you got know what I'm saying like, it's always like shoot to kill like headshots that body you know chest shots it's and like multiple in right? multiple yeah, yeah like minimal like 7 to like 20 or something like that it's this like, last one like, 20, yeah. 20, 20 it's, like, it's like you know why is it always that you know what I'm saying I think that's where the frustration comes and that frustration leads to the unfortunate death of those two policemen, you know what I'm saying, which were innocent and had nothing to do right. with anything, you know. It's a cycle of violence. It is a cycle of violence. And so that's where I'm saying, I think it's, that was a, that was an issue, uh, an, an uh, occurrence of, of a boiling point. And mm -hmm. I think if the wrong things don't get righted, you're going to end up seeing more boiling points. And so right. we can only do what we can, we can for our kids to let them know what's right and wrong. So hopefully when they get into those positions, they can make the right change. Yeah. You know, we can't, we can only fight for so much and hope that the people in the position now do the right thing and make the right change. But if not, we have to make sure that the next generation does the right thing. I and mean, I think that's all of our hope, right? Is that yeah. we are raising sure. good whole children that'll exactly. right this whole situation. Exactly. Yeah, because I mean, again, like, you know, kids, kids are born colorblind. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, they don't know the difference. I, I posted something a while ago, it was a hilarious story. Me, my wife, and uh, two kids were, were driving. We're driving down the um, BQE. We're driving through Brooklyn. And Max starts looking around. He's like, what are, what are all those all these black people? And I'm looking. I'm like, what black people? And he's like, there, Dad. Like, you don't see them all? Like, they're all, all the black people. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I'm looking around. And he's like, right there with the long coats and the hats and the funny <laughs> stuff, funny hair. And I'm like, the Orthodox Jews? <laughs> And he's like, yeah. And that was because they were dressed in black. black. That yeah. was black people to him. Yeah. Like, you know, so it was just unique to him because he, he never saw a whole community of people dressed alike. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, but, it was, but again, like he's never, yes. as a six-year-old, to this day, he's never referred to any race as anything different outside of his friends. Like mm -hmm. that's, you know my friend's house or that that you know mm -hmm. it's like he never says oh the black kid or the white kid or the asian kid or you know it's, it's like not identified it's not yeah exactly and so yeah. at some point we're gonna have to have that conversation you know and, and 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 you know but it's important to let them think that as they are now like there isn't any difference between yeah. anyone it's like and your friends are just as important as you are and just as you know as whatever is you like yeah. they're just as important yeah they're just as important and so you know, when the public and society makes it known to him that there's differences, then we have to have the conversation about, well, why is people looking different at them than that? And have to break down right. the whole That's history of everything and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? But it's our job to make them know, even with understanding what differences there are, that there really isn't or shouldn't be, and so you don't treat anyone differently than how you want to be treated. Right. So going yeah. back to that again. So there it is. Yeah. Um, any last words? Any any parting words? You know, I mean, any fatherhood. Teams? Fatherhood's great. You know, it's something I've I've always even before having kids, I've always loved kids, and that's something that I think all the people around me knew that like it would just be a matter of time because 
You know, I've always played with other people's kids, watched their kids, helped out. You know, I've been, I was always, you know, I always loved kids and, and enjoyed being around other people's kids. Um, and so I just knew it was a matter of time before I had mine, but I wanted to be at the right time. And so having the kids has been awesome. And as much as a handful they are at some points, you know, it's nothing like looking at your kid and seeing reflections of you and them and or just seeing them experience something for the first time and it's just it's like you know those moments where you just gotta stop and like smile and you hug them and kiss them you know yeah. for no reason just because like you just they just make your life better you know and they, and they make they they bring another chapter into your life of where you're going from here on out you know mm -hmm. and they're 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 carrying on your name you know yeah. it's like they're they're you. They're, exactly. Yeah. So they're the next generation of you. So it's it's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And that's what's popping, popping. That's what's popping, popping. Thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Appreciate those jewels. Of course. Love them. <